Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I am Jules Holland. And I am Jim Moyer. Join us... For Jules and Jim's Joyride. Joyride. Yes, Joyride. Motoring memories. Train travel trips. Things on boats. Air crashes. (laughs) Barrows and cycling moments. Sex on the back seat of a Datsun. What's happening? Okay. You're going to do an interview. Oh, you're waiting for me to speak? <laughs> yes. 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 Is this, can you guess who our guest was? That was a good was? start, that, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, yes, I'll start speaking if everyone's happy with that. Yes, I think so. <laughs> right, well, hello and welcome to today's podcast. I wonder if you can guess who our guest is today. Say something. Um, hello, Jim, and hello, Jules. It's so nice to be invited. Well, that's a bit, a bit of... A hint there is that she's a classic... I'm giving it away. She is a classic actress. You're very enigmatic so far. Can you yeah. do an introduction and we can find out, do you think? All right. Uh, well, she's a top actress, a singer, and she's called Jane Horrocks. Oh. There she is, just there. Very so, nice to have hello, you Hello, Jane. Jane. Yeah, we're very excited to have uh, so you, So I Jane. can't carry up and talking like this thing, No, you're going to have to revert oh, to your all right, then. lustrous hello. Lancashire... <laughs> <laughs> Lang, link, link, I was trying to think of some other word, but it's not happening, is it? L- lustrous lang- Lancashire lunch, link, lunch language. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, right. So how did you get here today in a taxi? I did in a, in a Mercedes Benz. Very oh. nice driver who was in the music industry. Was he? Well, I he was. Him, now yeah. he's a driver. What was, it, what, what was um, his job? He was a tour manager. With the trogs or what? No. Oh, I don't know. He had long hair. Do you that's, know? I'll ask him again. Yeah, but mm. there you are. That's the thing. When you said he was, you've got, you've got he's, he's driving cars now, but he had been in the music industry. I thought for a moment it might have been like maybe Sir Simon Rattle or someone like this <laughs> that you might have had because things are pretty tough out there. Yeah, he looks a little bit like Simon trog, Rattle. They usually are. A trog. I, yeah, I had a, um, a, a painter and decorator who did some work in my house whose claim to fame that he was once in Chicory Tip. Oh, and then hitching a lo- ride. What? Ch- what did they do? Oh. Son of my father. Oh, that's right. Son of my father. Son of my father. Did, did, mm. did, 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 did. And then I looked up, and it found out that it was a lie. He wasn't. And I thought, if I was going to tell a porky, I would have picked a better group than Chicory Tip. <laughs> oh, and he was telling lies. <laughs> I would have said Jethro Tull or something like that. Oh, yes. you know, but uh, no. Mm. Anyway, additional percussionist. In I'll Led probably Zeppelin. get sued for. Slander now because he was there was just no pictures of him in Chicory Tip that you could see. Maybe it was went before they became famous. Let's leave it at that. Anyway, you've been you've been a a, a pop singer. 
A pop singer. When did you first start? What's, what's the first? Actually, out of interest, when was the first time you sang? When did, yeah, you, when was the first time you can remember singing and people and thinking, hey, I can do this, people like this? Well, I think probably on the hills of Lancashire, um, singing The Hills Are Alive with the Sound of Music. Oh, did you? As Julie Andrews, yeah. And How I thought, well, I like doing this. Probably about nine, something like that. So you went out on your own and did it? Mm, although I might have been doing it earlier, actually, because I did do um, a production of The Sound of Music with my friend, Beverly Reed, and um, and that was before I was nine. So I d- And I did like sounding like Julie Andrews and then found I could sound like other folk. Uh, I think you've got some of the best hills, probably the best hills in the world around Lancashire, actually. Mm. And I've been to a few hills. I like hills. I like Pendle Hill, you know, the witches. Yes. Place. I like that. And I went there, we were on tour and... Uh, we were driving past and I said, can we go and have a look at Pendle Hill and the, uh, specifically where the witches lived? And it was a very bleak day, which it always is, seems to be in Lancashire, doesn't it? Yes. And I've really liked that drive round there because we're talking about driving in, uh, you know, in a large capacity in this podcast. And that was a really good drive. Mm. I, I enjoyed that. Yes, we talk about transport. I mean, out of interest, Jane, what's your favourite method of transport? Is it a ship, a, a, a boat, a plane, a car, bicycle, foot? Well, I have been actually cycling every day since lockdown, which Me I too. really enjoy. Oh, really? Had you cycled before? Yes, on and off, yes. Uh, but I kind of have become a bit addicted to it now and I love it. What have you got? A mountain bike? Mountain bike, yeah. Because my dad made one. A Carlton racing bike, which I got for my, I think, 13th birthday. And he made it from all different bits of other bikes, which was a really nice thing to do, wasn't it? He got mm. like loads of old, you know, good racing bike bits and put it all together. Did, did it work? It went very well. and uh, But I rammed it into a tree and broke the, the, um, the front end of it. Oh. Well, it was just carelessness. I said that a puppy had run out in front of me, which I shouldn't have done, a really. Puppy. A puppy. Oh, I thought you said a puppy. Yeah, yeah, a yeah, puppy. A puppy blew off, off, off the field into my eyes. <laughs> but, I mean, why were, you, why were you lying about it anyway? You weren't claiming any insurance or anything, were you? No, I just didn't want to... Just checking. You know, you know, you know, foolhardy driving. Yes. And you don't want to take the blame. That's what it was about, really. Yeah. Yeah, mm. exactly. I just was careless. But Jane, in your cycling, do you are you a keen cyclist? I mean, we, it's good exercise, yes. But one of my uh, one of the reasons I'm keen on cycling is I'm a, I'm a keen nosy parker, and from a bicycle, I think you get much better view of different things, don't you? Like, yes, you, you do. You can see into people's gardens, and you know, do you do that? Well, I go on the same route every day, oh. which is along the Richmond towpath to Teddington, and it is the same route every day, which I like. Um, but I think I become nosy parkerish about the people that I pass. Um, because I pass a lot of the same people because I go at about 7.30 in the morning. And so I've named quite a few of the people. And um, and I like, I, I get pleasure in seeing those people. Have you written stories around them in your mind? Well, there's one lady called Tall Enigmatic who wasn't speaking to me at the beginning. But since at the beginning, she's now started to smile at me and even say hello. That's a start. She mm. could be a friend. Mm. And would you still call her tall enigmatic then <laughs> when you find out she will always be tall enigmatic? I go swimming quite often. Uh, Do you? Oh, yeah. I, I'm an avid early morning swimmer. Oh, yeah. In a swimming pool. Oh. Mm. And, uh, and I have names for the people 
uh, uh, there's mm. usually me and some very old ladies, mm. and there's the weaver mm. who weaves because she weaves mm. around. Yes, does backstroke and can never find a, a direct route. <laughs> but tall and enigmatic. There is one in the, the swimming pool who's tall and enigmatic. Who's also an Olympian swimmer. Oh really? Who just like, shouldn't be in a, a you know an old lady's pool. Mm. She should be in a an Olympic pool. So, you, uh, do you, is it, there's the barges along this route. Yeah, there are barges. Do you look but, into them? Uh, no, I don't. It's the people more. But the sad, there's a sad one, and he's called Tourette's Cough. And he um, has a sort of Tourette's Cough as he's running. He's a jogger. And he had two sort of white fluffy dogs. And now he's only got one white fluffy dog. And I wonder what's happened to the what's other his, one. How does his Tourette's mm. manifest itself? <coughs> As he's running, yeah, Tourette's cough. So you don't think he's got a cough at all? It's an affected thing that he can't help. Well, not yes. an affected thing, but it's not. It's not a physical cough. It's just a. It's a. It's a. Um, you know, like affected. A, like, yeah. I think so. And but he stopped doing that recently, and I wondered whether maybe the death of his other dog. Has... Is it, you think that's or, or, it? or abduction? Hmm? You don't know it's died, the dog, do you? No, no. Maybe it abducted, or or maybe it's sickly. Maybe it's yeah. retired from running. I knew it. Uh... A sound man who recorded in film um, who had Tourette's and he he barked like a dog if ever he saw a woman that he fancied or someone that he admired. Mm -hmm. Do you think that man fancied me then? Well, he would have barked and I thought, oh, that's a terrible (laughs) affliction for a sound man to have, isn't it? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Just when you're sort of working with somebody and they're they're recording a very sensitive vocal Mm. or something like that and he suddenly starts barking. Uh, Someone that he fancied, you know, maybe in a a particularly Mm. uh, avid love scene Mm. and then we would have to do that again because he keeps barking. (laughs) But the people on your towpath walk, do you you sort of... uh, D- deliberately try and sort of befriend them with a, with a hello or something like that. Uh, uh, well, when I started off doing doing the ride, I was because there was a lot of misery on the towpath, so I decided to... Um, People be- aren't aware of that. Oh, there is a lot of misery on the towpath. Mm, yeah, there was a lot of misery on it. That's a good song, isn't it? Mm. Misery That's on the good, towpath. I was just mm. thinking it's a good mm. film from 1963. Mm. Misery, misery on the towpath. Yeah. So there was misery on the towpath, so I decided to, to smile and be very cheerful and say hello to people. And then it wore thin and I got fed up of doing it, so I don't do it anymore. But I do sort of sometimes smile. Mm. I think it's quite nice to say good morning to people. I think it's, it's mm. quite, a, quite a good habit, you know. Yeah. Some people get a bit frightened by it. Well, I think that was the case. Some, one woman looked at me in absolute horror and disgust. Uh, you, what, like, good morning, and she looked at you like, what do you mean she by that? She looked at me like I'd said, really? good morning, you. Yeah. Slag. I was going to say something worse, but uh, better not. Um, but it was the, that sort of face. I like people, you know, it just reminded me when I was, I don't know, 15, 16, and I went to, I used to go and work on a tomato farm and out of school time, and there'd be fellas going to work on their bikes, like, like rows and rows of them, and they'd all be saying good morning and whistling. And that's another thing you don't get, for, you know, people saying good morning and whistling on bicycles. Yes. It's a nice thing, isn't it? Also, I don't know whether you wear a helmet, Jules. Well, no, I'm a continental cyclist, so I wear a flat cap. Oh, uh, yes. Do you wear a helmet? Well, I wasn't wearing a helmet. And then um, my neighbour said to me, you should wear a helmet. 
my sons don't wear a helmet and I worry about them. So that sort of got into my psyche. And then a woman stopped me and said, I've seen you cycling and I noticed that you don't wear a helmet and proceeded to tell me about the accidents that she'd had on the towpath. And um, anyway, I carried on not wearing a helmet. And then um, it was obviously got into my head about falling off and hitting my head, uh, even though I was resisting wearing a helmet. And then I was dusting one day and I hit my head. And I thought, well, it's happened in some other form. So now I wear a helmet. But when I'm, you're when dusting. dusting. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine you wear a German helmet from the Hells Angels days. Do you drive a car? I do drive a car, but I'm not a very good driver. Um, what would you, how would you describe your style? The Lancashire style of driving? Very cautious. Well, yeah, actually, I'm good. a very, I'm very angry driver. So once I get behind the slow wheel, slow and angry, slow and angry, and everybody else is wrong but me. Even though I realise I'm not a good driver, so um, yeah, I, I come out with a lot of obscenities. Yes, in the car. Are the people, are the people in the car with you, or the other road users? Other, other road users. Yes, and um, and um, could you give us an example of how this road rage manifests itself? Uh, just, I mean, just basic, you know, like, I don't know, just somebody doing a, a basic thing that isn't that bad. Do you flip, flip the bird at people? No, I don't flip the bird. Do you give them the two-fingered salute? No, I do lots of, duh! <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, though, isn't it? Yeah. I think, you know, give, um, giving a two-fingered salute is probably a bit too old-fashioned now. Yes. You know, when, when you also, I think you. The trouble is, you you know, you do that to somebody, and you don't realise that they then you hear endless stories. And I did this, and then this sort of uh, sort of man mountain stroke gorilla gets out of the car <laughs> with a machete and a submachine gun, mm. and it was just you know. Um, that's you the know, worry. That's the worry, isn't it? Yeah. Because people do the wanker sign, don't they? Do they? Mostly. Yes. If you if you want to suggest that someone's driving is below standard. <laughs> That's mm. the side, out of the side window. That's is what it? you get, isn't it? Mm. I, d- I think because I'm not such a good driver, to take my hands off the wheel might be quite dangerous to do those signs. But you wouldn't do that if you were walking, or maybe on a bicycle. No, you wouldn't. You, it's, it's the being contained within the vehicle. Yeah, is, the other, the other yes, trouble with this yeah. is this, if I may say so. If I was, if if say Jim and I were your passenger in the vehicle, mm. and then you then, and I've been in this situation. I'll give you an example. I was driving up the A1 just past the Mark and Moore services. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're just going past. Just it's before we got there actually, and a roundabout, like kind of, I drove around a roundabout, and there was a car, and I must have just got a bit closer, and he bibbed his horn. So my passenger, completely, you know, and I, if I'd have, I think there should be a button and a thing on cars you could put on their roof, like a police thing. It just says, sorry about that. No hard feelings. Mm. That's why. But instead, that we, we don't have that. So instead, my friend just did the two-finger sign to this bloke. Completely. Well, without your without permission. My, without my yes. consent. I'd have sort of thing you've got to give written consent for, isn't it, really? But he just did that. So then we're both in this together. And it's like, well, I don't, well, I have something. And anyway, then this man is behind us got two young lads in the back maybe aged sort of 10 and they think this is the best thing that's ever happened the bloke chasing us with his headlights well, going flashing you, yeah yeah because i've now been put in this situation unnecessarily anyway and we get into the mark and more services because we need petrol and 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 then my friend says oh, he's in behind us now <laughs> 
lads, this is still even better, you know, the, uh, that we're going to get duffed up by some. Anyway, bloke gets out of the car and my friend, who's done the finger thing, yeah. winds the window down one inch. <laughs> <laughs> and says, I'm Jerry Lee Lewis, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> That would have been a very good thing to say, but he doesn't. He winds down the window one inch, and the bloke, I think, oh, this is so like, oh, wow, have we got into this? Mm. All I'm trying to do is mind me over and the And the aggressor came up and said, I think you owe me an apology. At which point my, my associate, who'd wound the window down one inch, said, sorry, <laughs> in a very unfeeling way. Mm. He said, fair enough then, and got back in the car all and went right. off. I think that's all they want, that's isn't it? That's good. Yes, but I thought that was good. But I think it should be a flashing, uh, it is a motoring podcast, vaguely, or transport mm. podcast, something that fits on the roof, yes. that just flashes up. Terribly and sorry. You can have a number, terribly sorry, or um, you prized whatever, because mm. you can go the other way and sort of insult the person, I suppose. Yeah, that would well, be on my on, a, on a, an LED thing in the back window, yeah. suggesting that you might want to rearrange your... Yeah. Your style, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, uh, yeah, but what about if you're walking down Regent Street and someone gets in front of you? Would you give them a hand signal? You know, a rude hand signal. If they came, if they cut in front of you, yeah. Why Regent Street? Well, I don't know anywhere. <laughs> it any, always any, happens there. You, pick the high, you know, reapply that to any high street in Britain. Okay, yeah. I don't mind. Yeah, Western Supermare. Mm. I wouldn't but, do know. that. What I, I, and one, one that sticks out particularly for me was. Um, when I just got back, because I, I learned to drive when I was 21, and then um, I had a long period of not driving, and then when I had kids, it just became a nuisance not to drive, so I had some brush-up lessons. So I was just getting back into driving, and I just bought myself a car, and I was driving along the river at the bottom of my road. and On uh, the towpath? <clears throat> not quite. <laughs> yeah, that's the only place I drive. Um, and, um, and a man behind me, there were, there were lots of people because it was rugby day. So there were lots of rugby um, jolly people at the pub. And um, so I was going slowly because they were all in the pathway. And this man peeped me behind. Oh. And I got out of the car and went to his window and went, what? Oh. What did he do? He looked shocked. Well, you would do. Yeah, And exactly. then I got back in and I drove. And well, okay, so I tell you, okay, that's a great, I think that's a very interesting, what is a very, you could have that on the sign. So John Bentley, who was the bass player in Squeeze, had this experience. He was teaching many years ago, he said, he told me he was teaching his girlfriend how to drive, then girlfriend how to drive, and they've got big L plates, and like, it's clear what, you know, you just look at the situation, it's obvious that he's teaching his girlfriend how to drive, or a woman how to drive in the car. Anyway, at the traffic lights, she just stalls, the car bumps and stalls just as they go green. And the, the instant the car just hesitates for a moment, the car behind, it's like, oh, it's like obvious what's happened here. So he gets out of the car. I said, what did you do? He said, I got out of the car. I went up to the, to the I said, what did you do? He said, I said to him, I said, look, let's swap places. You get in my car and try and teach my girlfriend how to drive. I'll sit in your car and bib the horn. Should we do that instead? And that shut the bloke up. And it's Very like, good. Like he didn't actually do it. No. But that's a good thing to do. Good role reversal is yes. very good. That's, yeah, but if they're prepared to do that, some mm. of them aren't, you know. Mm. But when you look, when you shouted what at the person, was there? did it flash across your mind that you might be shouting what at a psychopath? At him a psychopath? Yes. No, not at all. Mm. No, he looked very cowed. And I was so strong when I got out because mm. I was so annoyed. That's yes. a powerful thing to yes. do, isn't it? yeah. And it surprises people if you, mm, uh, you yes. know, exert power like that. But also I knew I was in the right because there were so many pedestrians 
reveling and enjoying the rugby in in the front of my car so i knew that what did he want me to do run them over yeah if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again juvederm volux xc is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Let me tell you a story about a holiday that I once had in a car. Me and my friend spent 50 quid on, and we bought an Austin Cambridge from Ernest Pito in Croydon. And uh, if you want to be specific, and... Um, so we drove it. We were going to go to the Isle of Wight, and we drove it. We got to Camberley in in uh, Surrey, I think, and it packed up, and it broke totally broke down. And a teddy boy in full Ted gear with the quiff, the drape jacket, the creepers, and everything came up and said, "I'm a mechanic. I'll sort that out for you." Um, I said, "Well, we're, we're going on holiday." He said, "Well, it'll take me a couple of days." So we we hitchhiked and we went to the Isle of Wight, which is another story. When we got there, actually, I'll tell you that story. When we got there, we were hitchhiked and we, we we took our tent with us and we were camping and we went to a disco and a fella came up, the only other fellas who take the photograph for 50p for holiday snaps. So we were sitting chatting up a couple of girls and this fella was taking a picture. I said, oh, to these girls, trying to impress them. I said, we're in UB40. We're halfway through a tour and we jumped ship. We've cleared off, and he's from the papers, and he's taking a picture of us, you know. And he's and so, did they buy it? So we, yeah. the girls bought, it and they said, "Well, we'll tell our boyfriends to sort him out." <laughs> so they got the boyfriends, who then threw the the holiday photographer out, <laughs> and then the uh, the the disc jockey. This sounds the like a side plot to. Well, it is, on the it's all going off on. T- Poor you know, photographer. This is what happens when you tell one little lie. Um, the disc jockey then said, we've got two important people in here. We're gonna, and he played Red Red Wine. Everyone started gathering around us. The manager of the disco came up and said, where are you staying? I'll get you a, a car to take you back there. We were in a campsite. So we said, we're at that posh hotel. And he went, oh, the sun. And then got us driven there. We had to get out and then walk four miles back to our campsite. <laughs> and then run away from the island before it got any deeper. 
and then got back to Camberley where the teddy boy was fixing our car. We knocked on his door and his wife said, he's not a mechanic, he just tells people he is. And he dug a hole in his garden and dropped the engine in it. And uh, and it, it was there, just our end, the engine laying there in a hole in the garden. Ooh. And the teddy boy had run off. No, what a strange story. Yes. It is a very strange story. It's, it's, it's like a small drama. Yeah. Mm. One episode of Misery on the Towpath. Yeah. Mm. Join us next week for one of my mm. intriguing stories. stories. What about other tra- methods of uh, transport? I mean, uh, Jane, are you keen on uh, Do you like boats? Are you a boatist? Not massively. I was thinking about when I was... A bit. I don't really have many baby memories, but I do remember being wheeled around in a pram. And I wonder whether that could be sort of reinvented for adults. That what you to could drive get. Around well, no, you could get a big human-sized silver cross. Yeah. And you could lie down in it and have somebody push you and see all the world and the trees as a baby would. That would, would be, be nice. Yes. But mm. Also, might you might appear um, unwell. <laughs> well, not if you were in a silver cross. I'll tell you what, it also, you'd be a bit, bit of a, you, if you don't want me saying so, you'd be a bit of a notice box going down. <laughs> you know, you're going down the towpath because you're presumably it would have to be sort of a baby is maybe one eighth of the size of a human. Of a full, yeah, it would human. be a big so silver cross. So it would have cross. to be eight times bigger yes. than the normal silver cross, which would be pretty big. You know, it's like the size of a house almost. Well, no, it would so be big. So you want to get someone on stilts mm. to push you around. You'd have to have a couple of people on stilts pushing you along mm. the top. Of you. It's going to be a lot of... I'm just saying you're going to be noticed, that's all. Yeah, it would no, be noticed, but wouldn't I, you? I think that it could take on. It could be popular. And I'd want to have a little sort of blanket as well and a bonnet. And I'd be wrapped up like a baby. Oh, lovely. Um... And uh, and be cooed over. No, not necessarily that. But I would like to see the trees, and I'd like to see the trees and every and, and all the surroundings from a baby, yeah, a baby could, point of view. But we could, we could, you could come on the back of my pickup truck, say, and we could put you in a bit of swaddling <laughs> uh, on, on the back of a pickup truck. Jim would sit there, sat making sort of nanny type noises, yeah. um, uh, and, and maybe just making the sound of lighting a giant cigarette, <laughs> which he could, which he could loom <laughs> over the back of the pickup truck, just a gigantic cigarette, which was nanny's cigarette sort of thing. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I think it's swerving quite close to kinkiness. <laughs> <laughs> Any nice train journeys? What's your nice train journey you, you like, or station you like? I do like Waterloo Station. Yes. Do you meet people under the clock there? Um, no, I don't actually. I meet them at Foyles Bookshop. Oh, nice. Uh, is but that yeah. your favourite station? I think it is. Cause... I like St Pancras. Yeah, I, I I think those northern stations that that head north, um, I, I feel that they have a bit of a darkness about them. So Euston to me has a bit of a darkness. It, it brings a dark cloud over my head. I like Piccadilly because then I know I'm at Manchester and it's the end of my trip, yes. which is otherwise quite dull. It's mm. <laughs> a little moment of excitement in your day. Well, yeah, I think you know I, I, I like getting to Stockport because I know I'm five minutes away from Manchester. Mm. But returning to Euston, if we may, you say yes. a bit of cloud of gloom, but I think that might be because they got rid of the Euston Railway Arch, which, of course, Thomas Hardwick designed and put up in the 1860s or whatever it was. Is that that which big was the, triumphal which, arch? It's a huge that... triumphal arch. And the idea, because it was the first time that anybody could get on a train, and it was the first line that went out of London in mm. such a distance, you could go from there to, I don't know, Carlisle or whatever it was. And 
you it was just unbelievable that people could travel that far so it was it represented this thing you walked through that took, was oh. a portal where you which took you to places you could never have dreamed of going oh, before right. you see but then in 1959 um it was torn down by the barbarians you see so and they put that more, so I wonder if they, if they put that back it might put you might sort of put a slightly more cheerful light mm. on, 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 on I don't on know that. I think um Maybe it's because my my mum and my dad used to when I was younger they used to meet me off the station at Piccadilly, so there was sort of a nice, lovely greeting at the other end. But when my dad um, um, deteriorated and wasn't able to come and collect me, um, that stopped and I had to get a taxi. So it wasn't like there was sort of a nice thing at the other end, no. just having to get a taxi. It's nice being met off a train, mm. isn't it? Yes. By the local police force. Or <laughs> <laughs> Customs officers. Yes. Oh, dear. How about international train travel? Have you tried that at all? Uh, yes, I've been to... Well, obviously, I've been to Paris. Most people have been to Paris, haven't they? And I think that's a modern romantic train, I think. That's mm. the, the, the Euro style. Yeah, lovely. Um, but not nowhere else. And I would like to... I would like to... Maybe Japan. I'd like to travel by train around oh, I Japan. Love the, the, and the bang on time. You st- and they've got a great system mm. of getting you on. You have to, there's a, like a gate, mm. and and but they're always bang on time. If you're not on it, they'll leave. And the, and what I like is well, they'll do that. The trains. I mean, they don't wait. It's not like mm. a taxi. Yes, Jim's going to be ten more yes. minutes. <laughs> no, they're, but they're there. You know, the, the train's going to be here in ten seconds. It'll be there. Yes, no. Well, the bullet and the, train. And they have a, yeah, and they have fellas on them with white gloves that point at everything. They'll point at you. And they'll point at the clock, and then they'll say "go," mm-hmm. and the train goes. I quite like and, that job. And when when the on smaller trains in Japan, you, if you sit right behind the fellow who's driving it, he points with his white glove at the clock as he's passing the clock on the really? track, and then he po- points at his clock in his tra- in his cabin, mm-hmm. and then points down the track, and they go and point at everything just to make sure they're absolutely bang on time. Is he being filmed? No, he's absolutely do- doing it. Off, out of his own volition, mm, he'll point at you and he'll say, "You are getting on the train." How <laughs> strange! I've been on the bullet train. I don't remember seeing that, oh, but I'd like happens. to go around. You know, not the cities of Japan. Yes, some lovely, nice gardens they've got there. Garden railway—that's quite a nice thing. Have you ever thought about one of those? No. You know, you have a good railway going around your garden, an outdoor. Uh, oh, sort of thing. you've got a railway, haven't you? Well, mine's mine's small scale indoors, um, mm. but there are people that have those ones going around their garden. There's mm. a fellow uh, driving through um, Birmingham uh, on the outskirts of Birmingham. Me and Roland were going there, and it's my railway open today. We saw this sign, and it was on this sort of just had sort of a bungalow and quite a biggish garden. And before you knew it, me and Roland were sitting inside uh, a sort of third scale. Intercity one two five going around this bloke's garden, really? and he had a tunnel and everything. It was really fantastic. Yeah, and that sounds wonderful. Yeah. So we you, you like hunched down inside it. You sort of sat in it like you would have sort of like a like a low sort of. Or like maybe lie down in it. You, yeah, I don't think there was any impropriety going on. He did have some pampas grass, which is always slightly suspicious. <laughs> but uh, but it was it was it was no it was it was a lovely experience. I sort of liked the bloke, and we were the only people there the, the, for the whole day, as far as I could see. We stayed for quite. We said, "How many does do we get round for our fifty p?" And he said, "Well, as many as you like." So I think we stayed for an hour, just going round and round and round. Lovely. Yeah, it really was. That a little nice, bridge with it? a little sort of bond. Oh, that's over. so cute. No, it's absolutely lovely. I've had some of my best sleeps on trains. Oh, where? Just going up to Manchester, actually. Oh, yeah, nice. Um, you not- don't worry people are leaning in and taking selfies of you while you're asleep. 
I don't care. Out of interest, do you, Jane? Would you? Um, what's that film uh, where the where the man falls in love? Uh, um, Brief Encounter. Yes. Yes. No, right. a, yes. If you yeah. who if you would you who would you have been in that film? Probably Celia Johns. Yes. I liked it when she said it's all so sordid. <laughs> yes. Is it just this Aaron Trevor Howard? Is that it? Is there anyone else in there? Yeah, there are. Well, there's that, a husband. And, and, and oh. A cuckolded husband. You've forgotten all about him. So did she. And, mm. and uh, of course, there's Valentine Dial, who plays the friend when he goes around the flat. But, mm. you know, I put that film on for Ruby Turner one rainy afternoon when mm. we, she was around my house and we had nothing to do for the afternoon. And I had to go outside to put it on, see what you think of that. And she was outraged at the low moral. She's never seen such a it's absolutely immoral film. I've never seen anything like it. She was really? outraged by it. Yeah. Was I think it's one of the best. It's the best love story yes, ever. Isn't I mean, it? the great thing. It's about what just over an hour long. Is that all it is? I think so. Yeah, it's a quite a short mm. film. There's not much else you can say really about it, though, isn't it? So you know, in a waiting room, in a but a great looks great and and it's. Mm. A, she didn't like the morality of it, though. Ruby didn't. But then I did visit Carnforth, where they've got a tea, which is where it was filmed, and they've got a little tea room and a museum. Well, exactly. It's the lady who served the tea. That's the other part. Yes, that's quite a nice part. Yeah. So, yeah, and that noise in the waiting room. I love all of that sound. Yeah, and the, and the smoke and the steam mm. and the sort of film noir essence. Mm. But there was a letter. They've got a letter framed from Celia Johnson. And it was so fantastic because it was exactly... It was, you could hear her speaking because it said, I just wanted to write to thank the, the station master and the porter that dear because it was a, I was such a, uh, such a fool and I dropped my handkerchief and he picked it up from the track and, and uh, so idiotic of me. It's so charming. He's such... Do thank that lovely little man who did the thing. And it was like... It was her speaking, you know. Aww. She'd love them all. Had a nice yeah. time there. They're always little men, aren't they? Today's programme was sponsored by uh, the Sony Discman, Chop Suey, um, Bilbo Baggins Burger Van on the outskirts of Tenby. Is that any good? Or, <laughs> pretty uh, good, yeah. No, and, uh, yeah. Kenny yeah. Loggins Nuts. Yes. <laughs> I was going to ask you... Um, yes. Because I had the luxury once a while ago of going on Concord, and I wondered whether you either of you have been on Concord. No, but I'd, I've heard that you get numerous gifts. Yes, well, I've still got the pen. I've funnily enough, I I did go on Concord. I did this television program in America, and um, they, and they paid for me to go on Concord, so I was going on it once a week. I mean, if 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 they'd have given me the money, I would have taken the money and sort of swum there, but mm. they paid, so that was it. But they did get the gifts. And curiously enough, only this morning, I was looking at a fantastic grey leather. And let's face it, grey leather with shoes, and that isn't so good, but grey leather, little, like a button thing where you keep sort of paperwork in it, mm. which I've put some paperwork in with Concord written on it. And it looks so great. And I just want to sort of go into a meeting and put it down mm. on the table. That's just my, oh, that's just my Concord attaché. Yeah. I there. like that. Um, so yeah, well, very I, good. I my <clears throat> when I was in the 60s, my uncle, auntie and uncle and cousins used to live in Bristol and we used to see Brian Trubshaw, the test pilot flying over in Concord before it actually existed. How do you know it was, how do you know it was Brian and not not somebody else? Because Brian Trubshaw was the mm. only bloke, the only pilot that would let through the doors of Concord. Mm. Good name, Concord. For... It's a, it is amazing, though, isn't it? When Concord ever went over, I remember my mum always saying, "Oh, look, Concord!" 
And it was a real sort yes, of exactly. highlight of the day, wasn't it, if Concord went day, over? Used to, once a day, it used to go. We played in Kew Gardens. We used to play in Kew Gardens on in, in front of the big Yeah, I've seen you there. Exactly, and they moved it, but it was in front of the greenhouse. It was really mm. fantastic. And when the Concord went over, it used to bank because it could see the concert. And it would and it, oh, it was right. a, It was like a thing, you know. Do you like flying? I don't mind it. But to be honest, since lockdown i'm quite happy to go to the british isles and discover you know there's so much to discover in the british isles that i'm really not interested in going abroad mm. um, i never have been because i can't take the the day getting somewhere mm. at an airport but i do like going i agree holiday. with you but i'm i'm a that's why i'm a keen i will get the i will drive to to europe you see and from around these parts you can get the you can go, go on the in two hours, you're sort of having lunch in yeah. Europe, you know. In, you can get, yeah, you can get to Zurich. In, in a, well, was, well, no, not in two hours. It's the motorway service. It's just outside Calais, mm. actually. I'm having my lunch in. You can, yeah, you, like to, you can drive down to the East Enders Booze Barn just outside <laughs> Calais. <laughs> For a day out. Oh, it's marvellous. Mm. That's it. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been marvellous to have you here as, a, as our guest, the wonderful Jane Horrocks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for having me. How are you getting back today? Horse and cart or your bicycle? I think I'll go for the horse and cart. Well, there she goes. Thank you, Jane Horrocks. What there a, she goes, off on a bicycle. What a wonderful guest to have on. She's gone off on a bicycle, cycling back along the towpath, the towpath of misery. The towpath that goes from here in Greenwich to Twickenham, to which Twickenham. is quite some way. And if you wished, it could go probably all the way beyond up through Gloucestershire and so forth to the very source of the Thames. Because you can go everywhere on a towpath, can't you? Do you think she's gone to the very source of the Thames? We should have asked her that. Let's find out... Uh, next time we speak to Jane Horrocks but there she goes now goodbye Jane have you got a motoring related song there? I most certainly have my old mane says follow the vein and don't dilly dally on the way Oft went the fane with me own pegs in it I will be on with me old cup linen but I dillied and dallied dallied and dillied lost me way and don't know where to and you can't trust a special like an old time couple when you can't find your way home. Ta-da. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.